Welcome to the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, where it's all about slashing your debt, slashing your taxes, and creating a liberated lifestyle. And now, your host, who met his wife while training for the 400 meters in Seattle and is eating gluten-free while lusting after bread, Dave Denniston. Well, we would like to thank our sponsor, Empath IQ. Empath IQ provides healthcare reputation management for individuals, providers, practices, and medical facilities. Boost positive reviews, respond to negative feedback, and take control of your online presence. Go to www.empathiq.io or call 858. 858- 375-5686 and mention financial freedom to receive two months for free. Again, that's Empath IQ E-M-P-A-T-H-I-Q dot I-O. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping doctors like you slash your debt, slash your taxes, and live a liberated lifestyle. Well, today we are continuing this series of trying to to teach you kind of the basic finance of Uh, understanding terms that I learned in business school that maybe you are not familiar with. And certainly, if you've taken business classes in finance specifically, you have heard of some of these concepts. But if you haven't, um, perhaps you have not heard some of these concepts. So today, we are going to ask the question, what is CAPM? C-A-P-M. What is CAPM? CAPM is the capital asset pricing model. Capital asset pricing model is basically trying to assess risk versus reward. And you can use CAPM for paper assets, you can use CAPM for um, real estate, you know, there's all kinds of ways that you can uh, measure it. CAPM is a very specific formula. So very specific formula, but it's pretty easy to understand. This is not complicated. Here's the formula. The risk-free rate plus beta, we'll talk about beta here in a moment, and we're multiplying beta times the expected rate of return minus the risk-free rate. So imagine the right side of the equation is beta times expected rate of return minus risk-free rate, the left side of the equation being just risk-free rate. So we have to um, add up and, and multiply that right side of the equation before we can add the risk-free rate to it. So I hope that makes sense to you. Investopedia has, has great information. I'm sure Wikipedia and all kinds of other places do too. So um, what, what is, is behind this, this formula? Um, the, what was behind the, the cap M and, and why we want to use it is because we, we want to evaluate 
the reasonableness of future expectations as to whether or not an investment might be a, a good one. Um, we have this whole whole thing we grapple with of with so many different investment possibilities, we have to weigh the risk and reward of each one of them. And so um, there's this whole idea that markets are efficient, that that um, the how can I explain this? That that um, essentially things are priced accurately. So um, that's that's one of the assumptions behind capital asset pricing model, that as you're taking more risk, that you should expect a higher and higher rate of return as your risk increases. So in this formula where we have the risk-free rate plus beta times your expected rate of return minus the risk-free rate, let's break down each one of these components. And that's equal to cap M, which is the expected return of the investment. So um, the risk-free rate, most people will measure the risk-free rate as being something that, that is extremely low on the risk scale. So for example, uh, if you have a savings account or a money market account or something, something like that, you know, on a scale of one to 10, that's a one you know, very, very, very low risk. There, there's government insurance behind some of that stuff. So you could use a savings account or a money market rate or something like that as a risk-free rate of return. Uh, a lot of people will, will generally look at um, treasury bonds, as an example, as, as being a benchmark of a risk-free rate. So something that may not be the United States government, might be another country that, man, they, they have sterling reputation, um, great cash flows. We know that they're going to pay. Therefore, it's risk-free, a risk-free rate. So uh, typically, people might plug in um, 2% or 3%. Um, somewhere in that range based on maybe a, a 10-year treasury or something like that as, as a benchmark. So um, let's use 3% as an example. But you could use 2%, you could 1%. We could argue what that risk-free rate of return should be. Um, so that's the first thing we add on the left side of the equation. Now we're going to use that same number on the right side of the equation for um, the, uh, the, the risk-free um, rate as well, because we're going to subtract that from our expected rate of return for an investment. Um, the next number that that we should probably talk about is that expected rate of return. And this is where there's there's a lot of conjecture, and it can be hard to to measure this. Because now you got to plug in an assumption, First, we assumed a risk-free rate. Now we got to plug in an assumption of what the um, that that expected rate of return might be. So let's say for real estate, for example, that um, we feel that six percent 
is a good, solid historical rate of return. Uh, this investment might do better, it might do worse, but we feel on average this kind of investment might be a 6% rate of return. So now let's use 6% minus the 3%, that gives us 3, right? On the right side of the equation. Well, now we have to multiply that times the beta. What is beta? Beta is how does this potential investment measure up to how much risk this particular investment will compare to a larger portfolio of them, like the whole market. And now let's take a moment for a quick commercial break. Individual physicians and practices use Empath IQ to tie their online reviews to their Google My Business page. We have made leaving a positive review a one-step process for your patients that couldn't be any easier to manage your online reputation. Go to www.empathiq.io, empathiq.io, or call 858-375-5686 and mention financial freedom to receive two months free. And now, back to the show. So if we buy a um, million dollar house compared to a $200,000 starter home, there is a lot more risk in that million dollar home compared to the average value, let's say is $200,000 of most houses. So your beta might be a two, twice as much risk versus the general market. So if we take that two, now that that risk that we're taking, we're measuring the amount of risk that we're taking, two times that difference, 6% minus 3%, that gives us 6% again, right? 6 minus 3 is equal to 3. 3 times 2, our beta, gives us 6. And now we have to add that to our risk-free rate. 6% plus 3% gives us 9. 9% being the overall expected rate of return on this investment. Which actually, I'm sorry. The, the um, expected rate of return in that formula is the expected uh, rate of return uh, for the market in general. So if the market is six for, let's just say, houses, then we subtract the three, and that gives us 3% is the expected return on the market. Now we're multiplying times beta for the specific investment. So... Um, the 9% total expected rate of return for the investment is like you're getting another um, 3% on top of the, the market at six. So it, it's telling us the expected rate of return for an investment relative to the market, relative to the risk-free rate. So uh, essentially, as we compare for a efficient market, we should expect the more risk you're taking that beta number, the higher your rate of return. The lower the risk, 
the closer to the risk-free rate you get, the lower your rate of return is going to be. And again, this is all assuming an efficient market. Well, we all know sometimes things go crazy. Sometimes <laughs> we're not in an efficient market at all. You know, you, you can take a look at uh, March of last year during the pandemic, and, and certain assets got creamed. Uh, every asset got creamed for a brief time period. doesn't matter what it was, paper asset or real estate or whatever. Things got creamed for a short period of time. So um, th there's a lot to absorb here, a lot of, of um, assumptions that we make in terms of, of what, what they are. And ultimately, you know, what, what this should help you with is determining whether or not it's worth the risk to invest in an asset. Last week, we talked about internal rate of return which is another way of measuring it. CAPM is, is helping us analyze, gosh, what's the market at? What, what is the risk of this investment relative to other ones? Because remember, IRR wasn't telling us relative risk. CAPM, now we bring that in, now we can talk about relative risk on top of an IRR. So we can look at those things together and we can run multiple scenarios in IRR, look at CAPM, could look at multiple scenarios in CAPM to determine, does this look like a good investment or not? So that's ultimately what we're trying to do as we look at um, different degrees of risk, different kinds of investments and trying to figure out what is this all about? So that, that basically is a very quick primer, my friends, on this concept. I hope now if you ever hear it, you know, you can talk about it uh, somewhat intelligently. I, I made a mistake when I talked about the, initially I forgot to mention that it was the market risk of that category, not that specific investment. So um, <laughs> I make, uh, make mistakes to myself as I get passionate in, in talking about this. But just remember this term CAPM as a way of measuring risk relative to the risk-free rate, relative to, to that same category of investments. And remember, all of this is based on assumptions and what your assumptions are. And so the main lesson I can tell you from practical experience is using a variety of assumptions is the right way to go. And so, my friends, that wraps up another episode for today. Um, I would love to hear from you on what are our other finance topics. You know, as I look forward at the rest of this season, at season seven um, coming next year, I would love to know from you what are topics that we should tackle? What, what are basic finance terms that you're like, what the heck is that? And what does that mean? Uh, I would love to hear from you to, to have a good idea of how I can better serve you in these podcast episodes. As you know, doctors mean so much to me and my family, so I want to do my part to contribute back to you guys and helping you understand everything here. For the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, this is Dave Denniston. Thank you again so much for listening, my friends. Wish you and yours all the best. And remember, remember to slash your debt, slash your taxes, and live a liberated lifestyle.